let's see. All right. So welcome to Power Living with Kimberly Langford. This is episode two. And um, Power Living is all about um, sharing and visiting with experts on all aspects of wellness, our physical wellness, emotional, financial, career, spiritual, business, health, relationships, environment, and more. If you want to step into your best self, listen in every Saturday morning as we share new and old ideas to set you up for the coming week as a fresh start for a better and better you. And with us today, I have, oh, somebody that's near and dear to my heart. Karen Wiedemeyer is the executive director for the Sandpoint Music Conservatory, which it's selfishly, Karen, it's near, you know, it's near and dear to my heart for, for what? music has done for my daughter who started she was in nursing school or sorry yeah a preschool when she started with the conservatory and she's almost 16 now yeah that's amazing (laughs) what what it's done for her personally is of course and as a nurse um you know I I certainly know there's so much benefit to our health in terms of music and the arts and and your story in particular with what you and Ruth have done to build uh, this amazing institution in Sandpoint. And so we're just so glad you're here. And I know we chatted a little bit before the show, but just to um, just to share a little bit about your journey, how you went from this seedling little idea and <laughs> a, a spare room in a ballet studio <laughs> to where, now, where you are now, where You've start. You've kind of started a, a movement in North Idaho, and a little bit about that journey and, and and how that's contributed to the health of of our community in North Idaho. Yes. So I, I wanted to share a little story that some, some many people have heard, but maybe here not yet. And I'm going to close the door because you're going to you're hearing my parrot more than <laughs> Amadeus. Yeah, you're going to hear Amadeus, and he's getting more excited. So I'm going to give me one. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so while she's closing the door, the conservatory has a mascot and he's a beautiful parrot. And he was just saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> right. So I was often, um, she's one of our um, support animals and I will get to that in a second. Um, <clears throat> but uh, when Ruth and I put our heads together, which is now 12 years ago, we originally thought we were going to do a workshop, a one day workshop and to, um, just to help with uh, musical literacy. And um, we sat at a you know a little coffee shop, Perky Mama, as it was called at that time. Mm-hmm. And we had ordered a cup of coffee and it was extremely hot coffee and we couldn't drink it. So we sat around there for some time. And during that time, we developed the idea of the conservatory. And to this day, I will say, if we just had iced tea, maybe we wouldn't have a conservatory. <laughs> Yes, perky mamas. Well, you had this idea, but of course, you yes. and Ruth both sat at that coffee table yeah. with a, a wealth of knowledge and experience. Can you just share yes. a little bit about your background? So my background is um, I'm an opera singer. I've been singing for 30 years plus. Uh, I'm German. Um, I've been performing by Continental. I'm also the uh, artistic director of Belcanto Opera, which is affiliated with the school um, my academic background is I'm an archaeologist uh, also, so I have studied at UCLA. I did my graduate work in archaeology 
I was going to pursue a doctorate in that, but I defaulted into opera. So there you have it in a nutshell, in a big nutshell, coconut maybe, but here it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> it just goes to show one of the things I've always talked to my kids about, especially as they're coming into adulthood about how really truly we spend so much of our life working. It makes good sense to really truly develop, find and develop a passion and yes. when you have a passion. If you enjoy what you do, you'll you, honestly, you can work hard and it never really feels like you're, it's your passion. You right. lose track of time. It's joyful. Your work becomes so much more than clocking in, clocking out when you have a passion. That's kind of what you've done, right? You've taken. Oh, it's for sure. You know, I will, um, it, it's definitely what, you know, uh, you need to find what you're uh, getting up for in the morning. Mm-hmm. And. This is really, really important uh, that fills your heart, of course. Um, you know, the journey also, just to the uh, aspect of the journey, we started very small, and you know that, Kimberly, and I think that is really important that you, whatever you set out to do, you allow it to grow organically. Mm-hmm. And our, you know, we took the little baby steps, and that was really important because it furnished us with wisdom and ex- uh, expertise that becomes really invaluable as we have we are now after 11 years certainly in a different place than we were 11 years ago um but it's just not where we started so everyone really needs to embrace the journey and understand that a journey is not an easy one and you know there is a reason why mozart wrote into the magic flute the seven trials you know he speaks in that opera to what we go through, the trials that we need to endure to um, understand that these are just points of collecting wisdom Mm -hmm. resilient. And I think that is really, that helps you in pursuing any dream. Um, And it puts you, keeps you in touch with reality because that's a very important component. (laughs) Yes, it makes us yeah, and to work on your patience, uh, and of course, to improve your skill set. But all of this is driven by a vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and to hold that vision steady uh, in front of one, I think that is really, it is what pulls the cart. Uh, that is really, really important. And um, that is, you know, the, the vision is what brings everybody to the table. And the more the people that you work with, the more they understand what we do, the more of a team you will have. If you don't communicate your vision, then you will find your team can fall apart easily. So throughout this process is to making sure this vision stays strong and it keeps being articulated um, it's also sometimes maybe referred to as a mission statement, um, but to keep that in front of you is a very important aspect of this journey and bringing other people into the journey. So you've brought, I mean, when you think, it's interesting as you shared that, that there's a great nugget there in not only you having a vision, but sharing it. So you shared it with people. You have an amazing staff. Yes. Staff, your teachers are are incredible top of their game not only that but you've also shared that vision with the community at large yes and 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 that's no small feat what 
what nuggets or what tips would you have for folks who um, might are thinking about that and they have a vision and a purpose, but they're not quite sure how do you do that? Right. You know, and one of uh, and one of the things, of course. So, and here I can share uh, something that I was brought up with that I didn't value until later in my life. You know, I had my parents. You know, we uh, were in Germany, of course, and. Um, my parents never said, you can't. And something I, you know, I just grew up was, I can't. So it never, I really never had doubt. And as I grew, you know, through this process, and I could have had doubt many times. And of course, right now it was COVID and, you know, all of these new hurdles and obstacles, one can have doubt, but it was not put into my cradle, so to say. And so, I just did not, and I, I would love to hand this over, you know, that perspective to our students to really um, not go from the perspective of I can't, but I can. And it's, it's, it's natural and logical, and so they go. Well, I wonder, and how could I? Extremely important message to not put barriers in front of our children's logical barriers, but to equip them and to support that natural curiosity to explore, and to, to say yes to it and say, yes, you can. And then they will find their own passion and path and they will follow it without self-doubt. Yeah, I've often said that one of the best things, especially selfishly from a mama's perspective, one of the best things that you and your the team there at the Sandpoint Music Conservatory have done for my daughter. I always, I've always said that Keely in particular, Keely and Michelle and John, your amazing staff, they have you guys all breathe belief. That's what it felt like from a mom watching how my yeah. daughter grew up in the conservatory was that she had an amazing set of mentors who were breathing belief into her at, at a critical point where she was going through some, some challenges and things, but she had just this nurturing environment of belief in her, which yeah, powerful. And when you think about that in terms of a, a setting, a school like the Conservatory of Music, the power that you have in, in really doing that for so many students, and especially, you know, not every family can afford programs like that. If, if you could share a little bit about, I know you've got some amazing things you've partnered up with. We've got El Sistema that you're working with, and now you're even mentoring another community. Besides mentoring mentoring partners, right, your, your yeah. fellow teachers, you mentor students in your community. Now you're mentoring other communities, almost like a glorious infection of sorts. Yeah, I you know, I think that there is a realization that self-expression is the antidote to self-destruction. And with that realization comes the awareness how important it is that we give us as a human species <laughs> or society um, the uh, the the platform to be creative and to self-express so we don't go into these dark places and it, there are you know many temptations to go there but if we have that where we can go and we can be creative 
and express ourselves, then um, I think we can do a lot of good things. Oh, I t- that's a huge mm-hmm. nugget. If we talked about nothing else, that mm-hmm. it, it's worth repeating. Self-expression is the antidote to self-destruction, especially at a time right now. Yes. Um, you know, our teens, and not just teens, adults too. I just lost a colleague I used to work with there at the hospital um, who ended his okay. life recently. Oh, yeah. uh, the far end of the spectrum. When you talk about self-destruction, it's not always suicide, right? Uh, no, no, not at all. Many forms where yes. we limiting beliefs that just hold us back from growing right. into our best selves, or or sometimes illness will pop up as a way sure. uh, to to hurt ourselves, and we we see that parents who lose children, uh, yes. children who who die early, many of those folks end up with cancer. Right. Yes. So it's not just an emotional process. Right. It's a physical. process. No. And on, on to that is, you know, we have uh, Michelle, who's now uh, uh, Michelle Henry Fitzgerald is a board certified uh, music therapist. Right. Yeah. And um, that is a kind of rare profession yet. Um, but the more we stir the conversation, I think the more uh, we shed some light on what wonderful things can happen uh, in that profession and how music can be so useful in um, addressing social issues or conflicts and create, well, harmony as a, as a, final, as a final note, right? Oh, one of the beautiful things, right? Music touches us in a place that words can't. No. Sometimes sometimes there are things that we don't we don't have words for. We can't express. Music can. Yeah, music can. And you know, I will say that I know there's a. It is said that music uh, is a universal language, but we will find out that actually music is the language of the universe. Oh, I love that too, Karen. You're so wise. (laughs) <laughs> so a lot of power in music and the arts um yes if you could as, as we kind of wrap up share a little bit about um the conservatory um how folks can support you i know we have an initiative to help the uh conservatory to grassroots effort with the shopping club they can always if if people want to shop for healthier products and go green on a budget, they can contact me. And every time they purchase those household items, a little bit goes to the conservatory. And Yes, I thank you for that. But if you could share a little bit about what you're doing there in the community, how, how can folks help support your um, efforts there at the conservatory? So two things, you know, um, we are, you know, we purchased our building, or we purchased the mortgage, I shall say, last year, and we are beginning to renovate. Uh, hopefully, so we're raising funds to open the door. Part of our philosophy is to create absolute accessibility to art and culture. And um, part symbolic is um, to raise our fire doors. We are in an old fire station in downtown of Sandpoint, and we want to open those doors and remodel Little Carnegie which and the whole building will become a center for arts and culture. It will have an art gallery to it uh, as much as performance space where people can come in, they can sit outside, but we're really, we have a participatory element to the school. So 
to raise $120,000 to completely renovate phase one. And I will, uh, part of our overall renovation is talking about being environmentally conscientious is to, um, in phase three, to go solar. And it's a completely green building. So um, I, the solar technology as it advances, I think within the next five years, we will all be ready to implement that technology into our building. So uh, we are thinking alike there, and then we're hoping to, again, inspire other historic buildings and other communities to follow suit, to create sustainability and protect these historic buildings that otherwise people think it's not, um, it's too expensive to support them. Why should we keep them? And we, we would like to uh, be part of that conversation and say, maybe this is, would be a, a way to do this. So if you want to support us to open our doors, you would also be supporting our Music Matters program. The Music Matters is solemnly grant supported. Out of that grew the Music Matters Symphony. And that starts from age two with little Mozarts, the instrument carousel, pre-orchestra, orchestra one, level one, two, and three. Uh, we are also have created, the only one that I have ever found is, um, is here, and that is an instrument library. So that's a new concept. So students can check out an instrument like a book. Um, we are not charging for that, but yes, we need support for uh, uh, to keep that going. And that accessibility that we want to preserve and opening those doors is where we need the most support because we understand the difference it can make in society. And I do believe it is true. There is uh, the beginning of a movement and understanding of what we need to protect. Um, you know, and, and our own capacity to be creative, which ties into finding solutions to problems that may be larger than we thought would be at our doorstep right now. And we need creative minds, people who think outside the box. And we are part of creating that synergy right here in our school. Mm, that's wonderful. So I'm sure that they can support you through the website. Okay. Yes, they can. So they can donate. Um, if you go to Music Conservatory of Sandpoint, uh, you will find us and uh, we welcome donations. And I promise you that uh, they will go exactly to what I just spoke about. We also have a huge tuition assistance um, uh, program. We really are absolutely dedicated to make sure we have access to everyone. We work with other rural communities who have not had uh, anything before, be it Priest River, be it Clark Fork, um, we're just uh, constantly going out there to uh, find these kids who are for them to find us to say, oh my God, this is who I am and I need to be part of this. I'm not a soccer player. I'm really a musician. <laughs> so, well, and that's huge. So for folks who don't know, who don't live yes. in Idaho, Priest River, Clark Fork, Hope, these are very small communities that yes. don't have a music program. And the conservatory has been phenomenal about taking music to these very underserved populations. And regardless of a family's income that their students can participate. Yes. 
Yes, it does take everyone's support. And I know we understand right now, of course, we are challenged in many ways where um, we, we have to help on, on so many different levels. Um, uh, yet, uh, whatever you think of, please don't forget, you know, uh, us up here and uh, what we do and uh, how much of a contribution it can make in the well-being of a society. Absolutely. Well, Karen, selfishly, I just love and adore you all at the conservatory because of what you've done for Thank my daughter and ergo my family. And she's taking that out in the world. What she does with that is yet to be seen. She's pregnant yes. with possibility, right? So, so yes. the whole world is before her. And and I just appreciate you for, for my daughter, but for speaking for parents in general in North Idaho and, and beyond. Thank you so much for the hard work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having invited me today to speak to that. I really appreciate that. And thank you for all that you have done for our school um, and um, for allowing us to take a peek into how Jamie is taking off. <laughs> uh, it made her day. So she got to visit with us before we started recording because she, yep, Karen, you and your team, you're, you're like her. You are your family for her. So yeah, um, I thank you. Uh -huh. Thanks so much.